Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to our evening broadcast. I'm so happy that you have chosen to join us tonight. Tonight, I bring you the final message in our weekly series on baptism. And uh, this past week, we've been looking at what is baptism. We've been looking at uh, immersion or burial in water. So the essentiality and the importance of water, the importance of being buried or immersed in water. And then last night, we had a great lesson from Pastor Arash dealing with the importance of names, and in particular in baptism, the importance of the name of Jesus. And so I have the, uh, the honor and also the, the challenge to deal with a question that uh, many times is a stumbling block for folks. And, and the question really is, who can baptize? Now, the first challenge that I put forth to you is, is that if you study the scriptures, you will find that the emphasis in the scriptures is not on who can baptize. In fact, the real question we really should be asking, and I hope that you have been asking yourself this week, is, have I been baptized? In other words, not who can baptize, but who should be baptized. And of course, the answer to that is everyone. Everyone needs to be baptized. It is a part of the new birth experience. It is what brings us into newness of life. And as Paul puts it, we become a new creature in Christ Jesus with all the old having passed away and everything becoming new. Or to put it in Jesus' words from John, except you're born of water and of the Spirit, it cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. So we hope that you all have received the message loud and clear that if you've already been baptized, celebrate it. And if you haven't been, it's high time that you get baptized. But one of those questions then becomes, who can baptize? So first of all, I want to answer with a, with a couple of pieces of Scripture. So the first is, is I want to draw your attention to an example of, of two extremely important people to Christianity and to the gospel. And the one is God himself. Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh. And in Matthew uh, chapter, actually not Matthew, excuse me, but in fact, John chapter number three and verse 22, we're told after this, Jesus and his disciples came into Judean into the Judean territory, and there he spent time with them and was baptizing. So the first thing that we see there is if you read that passage alone, you would think, okay, so Jesus is baptizing, except that what happens is, is when you go down a little bit further, just a few verses south uh, to chapter 4, you find that the scriptures say, Now when Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was winning and baptizing more disciples than John. So this is a clear reference back to chapter 3, verse 22. But the parentheses of verse 2 of John chapter 4 says, Although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were. It says he left Judea and set out once more for Galilee. This is, in fact, the only passage of Scripture we have in which Jesus is referenced to be baptizing or baptisms were happening and Jesus wasn't doing them. If anybody, by ecclesial authority, by divine authority, by authority of any form, had a right to say, I am the baptizer, it would be Jesus. 
He was none other than the fullness of the God, of the Godhead dwelling in a human body. And yet the scriptures say he wasn't baptizing. His, forgive my crassness here, but his yokels were baptizing. His disciples, they didn't hardly know what they were doing and always had attitudes and problems and infighting and all kinds of things, which thankfully uh, you and I have some hope, don't we, since those disciples ended up taking the gospel around the world. They were baptized. They, they didn't even hardly know what was going on. They didn't even know who Jesus necessarily was, and yet they were baptizing. Jesus was not. Now, let me, let me add to my argument by simply taking you to the Apostle Paul. So the scripture tells us that Paul, when writing to the church at Corinth, now Corinth was a troubled church. It had trouble. It had problems. And Paul had founded this church, but it was a metropolitan, cosmopolitan city with all kinds of issues, and uh, they just weren't handling themselves well. And he opens the letter to the Corinthians in which he acknowledges that there's divisions among them and there's problems among them. And one of the problems is, is that they are identifying themselves as disciples of a particular person. Some were claiming to be of Apollos and others were claiming to be of Paul. Others were claiming to be of Cephas and others were even trying to one-up everybody and saying, I'm just a disciple of Jesus. And in the midst of that, Paul makes this statement. Chapter 1, verse 14 of 1 Corinthians says, I thank God that I did not baptize any of you. What? Not only do we have Jesus not baptizing, but his disciples. Now Paul says, I'm glad I didn't baptize you. You got baptized, but I'm glad I didn't baptize you. Then he gives one exception, except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Then he goes on. He says, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Otherwise, I do not remember whether I baptized anyone else. In other words, the importance of who was baptizing in both the example of Jesus and the example of Paul is completely, completely undermined. In fact, if anything, they didn't want to be the one baptizing. Verse 17, Paul makes it even stronger. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptize. What? Christ did not send me to baptize? Now, some of my dear brothers and sisters who are pastors might be right now having a bit of a fit. Christ did not send Paul to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with clever speech, so that the cross of Christ would not become useless. Paul says, it's not even my job to baptize. I'm not even worried about the baptism. I preach the gospel that produces people's response in baptism. But it doesn't matter who baptizes. Why? Well, I think there's a clue. When Paul says that the reason I don't want to be the one baptizing you is because I don't want you identifying with me. I want you identifying with the name. And we learned about that last night. What is the name? It is Jesus. That is what is important. What's important is water. What's important is that cleansing that comes from water, both literally and also spiritually, ceremonially. What's important is that burial with Christ, that immersion. And what is important is the name that gives baptism its power, namely the name of Jesus. So when we ask the question, who can baptize? The first thing I'm going to tell you is I don't like the question. But I realize it's a question that everybody wants to have answered. And so I'm going to answer it by telling you, you're asking the wrong question. Who can get baptized? Who should get baptized? 
Those are relevant questions. Who can baptize? So far, Jesus didn't care. He let his disciples, who didn't know what they were doing, baptize. Paul specifically not only didn't care, but said, I really didn't want to baptize you people. I was not called to baptize. I was called to preach the gospel. Now hear me very clearly. Baptism is supposed to happen after believing in the gospel. But who does it is not the important point. So where does this idea that somebody in particular has to baptize you come from? Well, you've got to go into church history. You've got to let the church develop a little while, and what happens is, is what ultimately becomes what we know today as the Catholic Church, what happens is, is the church begins to become more and more controlling. It's a normal human problem. And what happens is, is they begin to call baptism sacramental. Now, that's just a big word that means it has to do with salvation. And we also believe that baptism has to do with salvation. In other words, unless you're born of water, you cannot see, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. But what happened is, is that the church began to take control of the sacraments, began to say, you have to come to us. And unless we give you the various elements, then you cannot be saved. This is where the problem lies. And what happened is, is in the Reformation, when there was a realization that the Catholic Church had become something that scriptures did not teach, the Reformation cleaned out a lot of things, but they didn't clean out some of the hierarchy. They didn't clean out some of the control. And so what is left to us is this idea that baptism can only be done by a priest or a pastor or somebody with authority. Of all the examples in the New Testament, guess how many specifically state that somebody baptized somebody else? We know the disciples baptized, but we don't have any specifics. We know that Paul baptized some, but didn't want to and didn't say he was called to. How many others? One. One example which is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. We're told in the story that Philip went down in the water and baptized him. Hey, everybody. I realize I'm not being clear, so let me give you a clarification. There are four individuals that are specifically named to be specifically baptizing. One is John the Baptist, and his baptism was unto repentance. I'll talk about that in just a moment. The second is Jesus, though Chapter 4 does not seem to lend that he very much baptized, if at all. Paul, who said that he was not called to baptize, and he baptized in the name of Jesus. And then Philip would be the only one left, which is what I was trying to say, but I kind of muddied the waters, who baptized in the name of Jesus. So again, there are four individuals who could possibly be said to specifically baptize people. Jesus and we don't know what his baptism was, though the disciples did it. Paul, who did it in the name of Jesus, but said he wasn't called to. Philip, who baptized the Ethiopian eunuch. And then, of course, John the baptizer, whose baptism was very clearly a baptism unto repentance. All right, hope that clarifies. Back to the regular broadcast. None of the other examples... The myriads of examples in the New Testament in which people were baptized, none of them contain somebody specifically said to have baptized. Now, do I believe somebody baptized these people that were baptized? 
absolutely. But the story cared so little about who did it and was so focused upon who was being baptized, how they were being baptized, whether it was in water, by immersion, and in the name, that they didn't even care to tell us who did it. In fact, most of the occasions you will hear is that they would simply say, and they were baptized. Oh, I forgot to tell you, there was one other one, John the Baptist. But even there, we find examples over and over in which it's not specific about John being the one baptizing, but rather it is his message of repentance that would lead to baptism. And even when Jesus came to be baptized, John didn't want to baptize him. John says, I'm not worthy to baptize you. And Jesus says, do it anyway. John was right. John wasn't worthy to baptize Jesus. Jesus was God in the flesh. And yet the person baptizing was not the important point. So John baptized him. So John and Philip, Jesus and Paul. And Jesus had a lot of baptisms occur under his ministry and he didn't do them. Paul said he wasn't even called to baptize, didn't want to baptize. I hope you're getting the point that who baptizes you is not the important thing. It's the name. It's the water. It's the burial. And through that water and that burial and that name, you become identified and cleansed by the power of Jesus Christ. Now, let me give you my coup d'etat, my, my final stroke, my final piece to you. Jesus gives instructions to the disciples. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, and everyone has always seen this as applying to the entire church. This is a mandate to every single believer. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus came to the disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So I want you to understand the context here is about authority. So the question of who can baptize is a question of authority. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And then he speaks to these disciples, and through them he speaks to us, every single one of us, and he says, therefore, because I have all of that authority, therefore, go. What is happening here is a transference of authority. Jesus is saying to them, because I have the authority, now you can go in my name. You can go with my authority. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So every single one of us is called to make disciples. Now, how are we going to do this? How are we to make disciples? Baptizing them. What? Yes. Who can baptize? Anyone. In fact, I'm going to make a lot of my friends give me a cockeye. But guess what? If the circumstances necessitated it, I believe it, a person could baptize themselves because the importance is not in the person baptizing. It's in the person being baptized. Have they repented? Do they believe? Do they have water? Are they immersed in that water? Is it in the name of Jesus? In fact, the background that we heard from Brother Moss with regard to baptism, that namely the ritual cleansing and the ritual washing, that was all done by the individual. Nobody else did it for them. They did it themselves. So who can baptize? Yeah, you got it. 
doesn't have to be a particular person because the importance is not who baptizes. It's the name. It's the water. It's the burial. It's the belief. We're to go and baptize them and teach them to obey everything that Jesus had commanded us. And remember, he said, I am with you always to the end of the age. So why are we so hung up about this? Well, it's left over from the church trying to control salvation. It's left trying to say, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we will cut you off from salvation, known as excommunication. We will cut you off from the sacraments. And I'm not saying that when it started out that they were trying to do wrong. They probably were trying to be orderly. And we should still be orderly. They were probably, probably trying to have things done in a, in a proper manner. And we should still do things in a proper manner. But my dear brothers and sisters, if you have repented, if you believe, that belief will lead you to action. And the action is not dependent on the person who baptizes you. The action is dependent upon your mouth confessing the name of the Lord Jesus. It is dependent upon you using water. It is dependent upon you being immersed in that water in the name of Jesus. So who can baptize? Whoever needs to. I certainly hope that you will do it in an orderly fashion. Be sure and let your brothers and sisters know so we can celebrate with you and rejoice with you. But in the end, it doesn't require a priest. It doesn't require a pastor. It requires a believer who is willing to confess and call upon the name of the Lord. And because of the power of the name, and because he's chosen to use water as a symbol of cleansing, because he's chosen to use immersion in that water as a symbol of our burial and our death in our repentance, that when we come up out of those waters of baptism into newness of life, we receive his spirit and we now have a new name. We've been born again. We now can see. We now can enter the kingdom of God. Who can baptize? Anyone. Now, some of you are going to want to quibble with me. Well, what if they're not a believer? Why would they want to baptize you then? The point is, stop trying to control the gospel. I return in closing to the Apostle Paul. He says, I was not commissioned to baptize. This isn't about counting noses. I was commissioned to preach the gospel. And Jesus gave us that commission as he gave Paul his commission. And he says, go into the world and make disciples. And as you teach them, as you bear witness to my gospel, and they believe, they will want to be baptized. And when they are, baptize them. Baptize them in my name, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus. Baptize them, and then teach them some more. And release them to go and make disciples. And as they share the gospel, they will believe. And when they believe, let those disciples baptize and teach and release them. And then that generation will go. You see, it's not about preachers and it's not about pastors and it's not about priests. It's about God. It's about the salvific act of Calvary. It's about the power of the name. It's about the water God has chosen to use as a symbol 
It's about the name that is above every name. So this week, I hope you've learned a lot about baptism. I hope that you're either celebrating that you've been baptized, or if you haven't been, it's high time to be baptized. And we would love to baptize you, but if you are eager tonight and you can find enough water and you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, fill that tub, fill that whirlpool, get that pool, get out there and make sure you've repented of your sins. And if you have, immerse yourself in the name of Jesus. When you come out of the water, don't be surprised if God doesn't take over your tongue and your lips and you speak in a language you do not understand. Because the key to baptism is not who baptizes you. It is the name. It is the water. It is the immersion in that water, in that name. God bless you all. We love you. Have a great night. Good night.